there. This is Baron Vaughn, and welcome to Deep Shit. What the heck was that? Did you hear that? Anyway, um, this is Baron Vaughn, and welcome back to Deep Shit. Whoa, what the hell is that? What the fuck? Oh, I can say fuck, but not what the. Anyway, it's my podcast, and um, I'm glad that you could uh, listen in. That's a good thing. Uh, the first person I'm talking to, my pilot here, <laughs> is my good friend Ali Wong. We've known each other for a couple of years, you know, through the stand-upping of comedy. And um, she used to be in San Francisco, moved to New York, where we got to know each other. And now we're both in Los Angeles, you know, because we're sellouts. <laughs> One tier. Anyway, we speaking of career, we uh, had a, um, a conversation about um, career and family and what all that stuff means. So I'll let... Uh, us get into the conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. Once again, thanks for listening to Deep. <laughs> there it was again. No, I just. That's the most Asian possible sound that you can make, <laughs> Ali Wong. Yeah, it's gonna be the theme song of that. The cover of that. Uh. The movie that we're going to do. Oh, I saw Meat that. House. I saw that the other day. I saw that the <laughs> other the day. At the Meltdown? Yeah, yeah, at the Meltdown. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, did you ever watch, you know, um, Samurai Champloo's? It's a, it's a series that was uh, the second series, I believe, from the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't seen Groundhog Day. You know better. That's true. That's true. That Ali Wong has question. not seen Groundhog Day because I've, I've coached Ali Wong on some auditions here and there. And, and then when I try to compare what's going on to something else that exists, she's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm like, it's like Groundhog Day. And she's like, nope, no idea. I'm like, Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, one of the best comedic performances ever on film. Is she's like, no. <laughs> The best comedic performance I've ever seen on film is the five minutes in the morning when I'm getting ready. In the, in oh my the god, this is a real. Do you watch Friday Night Lights or no? No, not really. We continue. So you know um, Wallace from The Wire. You watch The Wire, right? yeah? Wallace, which character is Wallace? He's in season one or season one, and he's the snitch that gets shot. Oh, he's one of the I kids. I can't remember the uh, the, char- the the actor, but continue. He is in Friday Night Lights, Mm -hmm. and there's a guy who plays his dad, and he showed up to the improv the other day, and I was like, oh my God, I attacked him. I was like, you play Wallace's dad in Friday Night Lights, and I also recognize you for being Scooter from Living Single. He he was Khadija's boyfriend. What? And he was like, girl, why are you so ghetto? He said, yeah. Now I gotta look I up that actor. Seen, I haven't seen Groundhog Day, but yet I can recognize Khadija's boyfriend. Living single. Living okay. Single. So I'm thinking, are you talking about John Hinton? Or are you talking about T.C. Carson? Let's see the image. Because T.C. Carson, we actually talked about the other day. Um, it's not Sean Baker, is it? That's a black dude. No. I know. You're like, ah, oh, that looks the same. No. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny is that because when I thought he was the same guy from Living Single, I was Mm -hmm. like, is that him or am I just being racist? Mm -hmm. And then when I saw him in person, I was like, is that really the guy who played Wallace's dad? Or do I just think all good looking black people are famous? (laughs) Because when when I went to Atlanta, I was like, everybody here is a movie star. Everybody here is famous. Everyone here is an, either an athlete or Mary J. Blige. It's very confusing. And Mary J. Blige is quite the athlete. Have you seen her live? No drama. Um, what were you doing in Atlanta? That's when I did Laugh-A-Palooza. Oh, that's right. You years did that. Years and years ago, I did it. That's yeah. a thing. Laugh-A-Palooza. That's an awful, <laughs> that's an awful title. That actually could be a kind of I just, awesome, I, awesome title. Yeah, I said title also, by the way. That's an awful title. <laughs> I don't even know what accent that is, maybe. But what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So comedians, I think. Okay, so I went to theater school, and then when we got out of theater school, there was so much. All the kids were like, what do we do to our teachers? You know, because we're like, obviously, we're about to enter into the world. And how do we get an agent? What is an agent exactly? What's the difference between an agent and a manager? Blah, blah, blah. And our teachers had enigmatic, cryptic answers. And the reason is because there's no one definition. Right. There's no one thing that they do, and it changes per era, and it changes per city, what an agent and a manager do. So I just took it upon myself to do a buttload of research and, and find that out for myself. And then getting into comedy with – everybody comes to comedy from different lines of 
of work from different lives you know mm-hmm. like not i mean obviously i came out of theater and stuff like that and i still do that but then there's a lot of people that just worked at an office or a lot of people that were you know a, a guy on a tarmac at a, in a you know airport and then he started telling jokes and then 15 years later he's you know really funny or something but it just seems to me like a lot of comedians they don't know exactly it, there's so much we hear the word manager and then we you know like oh there's, a, there's something called a manager out there i gotta get one of those and when you get one of those it's like all right, I got a manager. I don't know what's next. Why, why, why am I sitting here? Yeah, there's that, and there's also all sorts of like the difference between single cam and multi cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference between SAG and AFTRA. Mm-hmm. There's really simple things that nobody. You can't go to school for any of this. Yeah, but there, but I mean that's the kind of stuff that obviously you can ask a friend about. <laughs> yeah, and comics like things paraphrased. They, they do. don't want to read wikipedia or anything about the difference between it. they just want things explained well, to them speak for yourself by another person ali wong <laughs> likes things paraphrased and doesn't want to read anything because <laughs> i did it so mm-hmm. i did it so i could paraphrase it to people like you yes <laughs> That's what exactly I did. um speaking of career this is something we were talking about the other day because you when i asked you and i put the question to you that is the question of this podcast of what is that existential theme that you constantly come back to over and over again you threw out well you you describe it i come back to career versus work and whether it career versus work career sorry career (laughs) career versus your personal life and like when i mean your personal life i mean with your family or someone you're in a relationship with because for example i came to it a lot this year because my dad was really sick. He had cancer for, um, I mean, he'd been diagnosed last year, but he'd had it for five years, but he was diagnosed with it last year. And I think a lot of people, you know, they asked me, are you just going to move home and take care of your dad? And I was like, I just, I can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I, I tried as much as I could to be at home, but in the end, it it felt more like a choice than like doing both. What do you mean? Like it's, you know, it's like, oh, I could say I'm doing both. Like I'm taking care of my dad and I'm taking care of my career because I'm here and I'm like going through pilot season, going through these auditions mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, home once a month. Once a month really isn't taking care of my dad. Right. Uh, so it really, in the end, I, I could say I was, you know, doing the best I can. I was doing both. But really, I, f- I feel in the end like I kind of chose my career. And how do you feel about that? I feel kind of shitty about it. (laughs) Well, but what does the shittiness come from? Like you feel like you're letting down your family or something, or you're letting down your dad. I just feel like it's sad that I, that I don't know as life goes on, how I'm going to be able to do both or if it's going to continue to feel like a choice. Like, I don't know how women have babies and do sets every night and go out on the road. They don't. Yeah, I guess they just I mean, don't. It, it, when you, especially <laughs> and that's when you, a choice, and that well, sucks. But it's like when you have the baby, like you're you're out of commission for at least a year and a half of being pregnant, at, at a minimum, a year and a half of being pregnant and then taking care of the child while it just got into the world, you know, and at the minimum, that's going to be at least a year and a half. But a year and a half is a really conservative, like that's really a small amount of time. Like I feel like a, I feel like a woman needs at least two at least two years to just kind of readjust to oh there's a new human being here but that's just to be like completely out of the game how would yeah, you but feel I've seen, about I've, that i've where seen like, women do that where they, they they're out of the game but then they come back like you can come back once the child is a certain age and it also depends because it also depends on who you're with like if you have the child with someone right if you make it through that first two years mm-hmm. you know of having the baby or if they peace out the moment that they find you're pregnant you know they find out you're pregnant you're pregnant oh, yeah, i love those bye. kinds of guys they're so great i just but you know what i've been reading a lot Hollywood about this with a sign i've been reading a lot about this would you like to abandon me yeah well but you know what <laughs> I, I feel like that that idea is is really ingrained in people our age because my generation so many absent fathers. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with with a dad. I don't know. When I hear someone that their parents are together, I'm like, what? Right. Like, oh, yeah, my parents are together. I'm like, you're weird. Yeah. Good day. Somebody had a nice childhood. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Give me some Dr. Pepper or whatever, right? But um, I'm saying that that, but, but because of that, 
all the, there's a lot of men my age, and I've read a lot about this, that because they grew up in that generation of fatherless children, they will be damned before they are that. They are going overboard to be the father and to be like. Is the that prote- how you're going to be? You think? I have no idea. Feel- oh, I'm trying not to. I, I think that if you if your your parenting style is to overcompensate for your childhood, yeah. you're already fighting a losing battle. Right. You can't fix your child. You can't fix what's wrong with your child. That's wrong with you. But how would you feel if you were to say, if if someone would say to you, or you had to tell yourself that you have to accept the fact that you're going to be out of the game for two years? Mm-hmm. I can barely go without three days without having a set. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that's just I, to me. I just think that's so much progress I'm losing, and uh, I, I I don't know. And, and well, all the these experiences like, you're having, how could you not want to talk about? But them? this is exactly this is kind of a, it's a very modern problem. This is why we're having children later. In general, like people aren't getting married until 30s and then they're having kids in their 30s. I remember being in high school. Everyone I knew's parents were 25 years older than them. Yeah. And I look at my teachers and they were I'm older than most of my teachers from middle school and high school now. You know, like then they were like 25, 26 and they were married and having kids and stuff like that. And really, Ali, we're in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like everyone in LA and New York, if someone our age is married and has kids, it's like, what? Yeah, you're backwards. Exactly. But what, do you, you have a cow? I went to West Virginia. I did a, yeah, you have a cow. <laughs> I went to West, I did a college you in West a Virginia. scarf on your head, lady? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I went to West, uh, did a college in West Virginia when I was 25, and this woman was like, So are you married? It was her first question. I'm like, No. Second question, are you gay? Obviously, that's the next step. Mm-hmm. If I'm not married, I must be gay. There's not, I don't so choose your own adventure. Like, logic says I, was like, I have a girlfriend. Seventy three, exactly. But Homo. that's that's the you know that's why the rest of the country we don't understand each other, right? Coasts in the middle. But I'm saying that like our priorities are different because we're very career oriented. But at the so but at some point you are going to have to choose. But it's I'm saying, like a, a choice. You can't do both. Like I mean, in modern era, my, it's hard to. It's, it's hard, hard to. to. But what I'm saying is like I'm always going to try to find a way and then sometimes both parties just suffer so like maybe i will try to you know bring my baby to the club and be like boyfriend or feature act please look after my baby you can't, you for can't, an hour you can't and bring i the will baby. come breastfeed i can't are you sure about that you, i mean like that, that's why you i will try and then and then both and then the comedy might suffer because i'm trying to do a set but i'm really worrying about my baby while i'm doing like an hour-long set about the baby or i'm saying shit about the baby when the baby can't even speak for itself and defend itself and then the baby might die because the feature act is some pimple-faced 17 year old kid from phoenix who doesn't know anything i would assume that if you and this is what i hear from a lot of older comedians that do have kids that when they have kids they really stop doing the road and that they concentrate on finding work in comedy in other ways Mm -hmm. that's when they that's when they really concentrate on getting that writing career that's when they really get their packets together and all that crap because it's like well i can't leave town now i have this child and i can't just be away for you know, a month or even a week from this baby, right? Yeah. But that's what, again, that connects to what I'm saying. That's why people are having, in the modern era, we're so career-oriented, but it's also harder to get a career. It's harder to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it takes us longer to, because now it's like, I read this thing about marriage and um, it was a Time article. It was called, Who Needs Marriage Anyway? That was the title, right? Mm-hmm. And it was about how, in the last couple of years, marriage has the, it's reversed. The order of which we do marriage and careers reversed. Seventies, even in the eighties, it was you got married, then you decided what you were going to do with your life. Right. It was like you got married, then you decided if you were going to move somewhere, then you decided where you're going to go to college, even then you decided what your jobs are going to be, what your career was going to be as a married couple. But now we have to have the career and the financial stability and the mental health, and then I can have kids. Now we see marriage and children as the cherry on top. Of a life that we've figured out. I definitely see that it that way. And I think that makes sense because I feel like if you, I don't want to figure it out with another person, I feel like that would put so much stress on a relationship yes. if we, if we did it, if we got married first. Yes, but no, I, I, but that's, that's a debate. That's a debate to that, be had. That is a debate because it's that, like that's now we have I know for myself. Now we have like the highest divorce rates ever. And it's like then they had lower divorce rates, but we're like, well, maybe they just didn't know they should have been divorced. But it's like, well, maybe, but maybe they also um, at the, the the first sign of stress weren't like, I'm walking. 
peace, mm-hmm. which I feel like we, we, I mean, like there's so many reasons that people are getting divorced, but like we're way more impatient with other people. Yeah, because, we, because you we, know, there's so many options. You just we, exactly. go to the Internet. That's why I say marriage is the new dating. It really, it yeah. really is. People get married. It's like they, it's dating, but with way more paperwork. People it's just true. love that paperwork and love that ceremony. But the thing is, what it, what it comes down to is it is harder for us, our generation, to gain that, I want to say, financial depend- independence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're coming out of college with ridiculous amounts of debt we're trying to you know that's why they keep saying that we're the generation that we're the first generation in like a a century that's going to have less than our parents had before us oh yeah significantly less we're going to have less i see my friends now who are my like there's one couple in my life who are looking to buy Mm -hmm. a house one couple in our group of friends and we're like oh my god are you guys a millionaires are you a movie star yeah, yeah, you yeah. can buy a house in San Mateo? Does it have more than two bedrooms? Oh my goodness. Does grass? <laughs> you owned a grass? A yard? Wait a minute. <laughs> Washer and dryer are here? Washer and dryer, on the, not just on the premise, but inside the unit, and the whole unit is yours? Holy, holy. Yeah, uh, Christian Finnegan used to have a joke about how he went to his parents' house in the suburbs, and they're like, oh, and here's our dishwasher. And he's like, what? You mean like a like a Dominican guy that lives in the closet? He's like, that <laughs> makes way more sense to me it does. that they have a small Dominican man <laughs> in the closet than a machine that washes dishes. Yeah. I was with this dude the other day, this comedian, um, Jason Nash is his name, and um, we were hanging at his house, his house, and he was saying something about, I was with Andy Wood, you know Andy Wood, mm-hmm. and uh, the three of us were together, and he was saying about how him and his wife put an offer out in another house, and I was like, you mean you killed a virgin? Like you <laughs> sacrificed a goat? That makes more sense to me than like, no, we saw a house that we liked, and we put out an offer, financial money, it's an escrow. I'm like, I don't know what any, I don't of, know what any of that is. So an S can get bigger? Is that what an escrow is? <laughs> yeah, it's I need a crow some S- that's shaped like an S. I need some escrow. My hair's been really nappy lately. It's very confusing. I, we need a Yoda, like how you are the Yoda of show business. I'm, I'm only the Yoda me, of show business to you. Yoda of show business and, uh, and media. I need, we need a Yoda of grown-up stuff. But you know what? My friend um, Aaron Judge said something that was really interesting. And I think it all connects because it's like, it, like I said, it takes longer for us to feel like we're people. You know what yeah. I mean? And, th- and and just 30 years ago, there wasn't that desire to feel like I know myself and I know what I'm doing. It was like, well, I get married and then I figure that stuff out. You figure it out with a partner. Mm-hmm. And that is like a kind of a, in a way you could say it's a guaranteed way of growing together. Whereas now we're, we're so individualistic and we're that when we get sh- we, with somebody, we're like, wait a minute, you're not me. Right. And you, you do shape, all this stuff I hate. You're, you shape yourself so much by your career. It's so much mm-hmm. of what drives you. It's so much of your reason to be mm-hmm. rather than another person or child that when that other person or child comes into the mix, I am concerned that I'm going to see them as eh. An interference with my reason for being. But that's, I mean, but the thing is, here's the other thing. And, and, uh, well, first of all, Aaron, my friend Aaron Judge, you know Aaron Judge, right? Kind of. No, oh, I you don't. don't. I don't think I've ever met her. She's a New York comedian. She was in Boston. I knew her in, in uh, Boston and she moved to New York. But she said something that I thought was interesting is that, like, we as a generation identify as our parents' children for way too long. That as 30 somethings, we're still like, I'm my, you know, I'm my mother's daughter. We don't see ourselves as individuals mm-hmm. a lot of times. It's because we don't have a house. It's because we don't have it. We don't have all that stuff. <laughs> we don't have all that stuff. And then, like, then we meet, you know, our family is still paying a lot of things if they can, mm-hmm. you know, for us. But it's because we're pursuing our passions and our passions are hard to pursue. And people laugh in our face right. <laughs> a lot. But, um, oh, this is what I was going to say. So you're saying that you see, there's a old Paul F. Tompkins joke that is, um, he said he's tired of this myth that L.A. changes people, right? That people are like, oh, they were so nice. And then they went to L.A. and became this asshole. And he's like, no, that's incorrect. That person who you loved that was so, so nice in your high school production of Brigadoon or Finian's Rainbow couldn't wait to get to Los Angeles and become the arrogant, narcissistic asshole they always wanted to be, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of stuck with me because I didn't move to LA for maybe I think too long. And there was a part of me that's like, what if I become an LA person? Right. If LA is going to change me. But then I heard that joke and I thought, what if that's what I am? Yeah. What, 
What if? And I was afraid to come what to Los Angeles and find out that wow, off. I'm an asshole. Yeah. And to find that out. So my question to you is, in kind of relation to that, you say that you see your family as an interference to your career. But what if what's true <laughs> is that you see your career as an interference to your family? Like if you, because obviously if you have a baby, yeah, your priorities are going to change. Yeah. Right now, you know what they are. But I think that if you were to have a, a child, you know. It would. Because like I, I, when I see totally a baby, different. I just, the, the emotional cream in my heart just builds up and flows out. And, and it's, 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 I can feel it. It's basically what's Emotional cream? Emotional cream. I just, are you saying that your heart is a vagina? My, just, my heart comes. Your heart got wet? Yeah. Oh. My heart has a, it gets really wet. Okay. Yeah. And I need a panty liner to soak it up. Okay. I need some light days to put on my chest. Hopefully not wearing white flannel, <laughs> white linen pants. And I... I th- I feel like that's gonna happen, and then maybe I'll see my career as an interference. But I'm worried that I've like, and then I'm like, oh, am I? I guess the fear is that am I a weak person because I've let this career define me so much and be a part of so much of my reason for being, and then what? That's just washed away with a baby. Then who am I? Am I a weak person? What? What Not is a it? weak? The, I guess yeah. I don't understand what what makes you weak. What is it that you think makes you weak? Not that I'm weak, but then like it. What is that? Like a, a baby comes, and then you just like give up what you've been passionate about for the last thirty two years. Well, not, not necessarily. Well, my my theory is maybe it's not give it up. It's, it's just, just changes. look at it as changes. Yeah. Right. But you think that makes you weak? I don't know because I I guess the deep fear is that anybody can be passionate about a bit. Not weak, but am I not special? Which is awful. So, but you so, <laughs> but so you want to be special is what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe. But what is, spe- what is so. special? What does special give you? I guess it's like, because anybody can be passionate about a baby. Maybe. You know? Yeah. And it's like, what? I'm just part of this whole mass of people now who are like going after raising the best possible human being. Don't just raise like the best everybody. human being. <laughs> That's my new theory. I'm working on some jokes about it, but it's like, you know, there's this whole thing about like people are afraid to be parents because what if I fuck up the kid? What if right. the kid's fucked up? Like, please, by all means, fuck up your children. I need new records. As, mm-hmm. In fact, when they're mad, <laughs> when they're mad, put a guitar in his hand. I hate you, dad. Strum that out, son. Strum that out. I think that's perfect. I don't think I think in a sort of a way we're, we're trying to too hard to be perfect parents. It's impossible. It's not the emotional thing. Like, I, w- I worry about them being the perfect human being like that. Like, I just don't want to damage them physically. I almost... Wait a minute. In Los you Angeles, think you're going to hit a child? No. I, you're afraid I think you're going to become an accident. abusive mother? No, 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 no. I, well, hmm. I almost get into an accident every single day in Los Angeles. Okay. What do you mean? Almost like driving? Single, driving. There's too much to be oh, aware about. I thought you meant, like, every time I clench my cheeks. I'm like, oh, diarrhea. I'm always in an accident. I almost have a Hershey squirt every time I make cereal. I don't know. No. <laughs> every time I go out on the street, I almost get into an accident because I don't, and it's almost like always my fault because I'm not looking in the right mirrors and stuff. And with a child, there's like, there's so many, ha- I just feel there's so many hazards around that I have to be so aware and you to think keep that, that you, child safe. You think that your awareness can't change? Is that what you're saying? That you'll, that you'll still be as I just as feel ha- like it's going to take a ton of my time. It's going to be five really consuming. to six minutes a day, Baron. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously having a child is very, I've heard, very time consuming. It's very time consuming. I don't understand consuming. why it is to certain people, but it's very time consuming. I don't understand. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's We're really at the fun. age now where I'm like, I can't, I'm at the age and at the point in my relationship now and like a point sort of maybe financially. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the show. <laughs> Where it's like, it's not cool to get an abortion. What do you mean it's not cool to get an abortion? Because I'm almost 30. And it's like, what? Am I going to... And, and I'm I'm with the guy who I think I'm going to marry. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And Unless he hears this. Unless he hears this. <laughs> Unless he's like, oh, I didn't, know, like, I didn't know about those fears. What real excuse do I have to get an abortion? Uh, you know what? But you don't have to... like. I, I, you're, you just, the whole, everything you've said up until now, I would be like, please get that abortion. <laughs> <laughs> please get it. Get that baby out of there. But besides all of that, what real excuse do I have? But you're still not to the place that you feel, because you're, you're, 
you're flirting with financial stability, right? Right. But you're not there. No. You know? And then also your guy, if you guys get married and... Because he's... Where is he? San Francisco. He's in San Francisco. Is he thinking about moving to Los Angeles? Yeah. He's going to move here next year. So he's going to move here. So who knows what the heck job he's going to get. And, you know, and um, I know he went to Harvard. Very Mm -hmm. Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but who knows where you're going to be and who knows what he's going to be. And I mean, it's still going to take another... Even if he lives here, I think even after you get married, it will take a couple, a year or at least a year after marriage to think about having children. Right. But so many people have done it and they make it work. Yeah. And, and honestly, someone like me, I mean, I was an accident. Honestly, I think accident is like the, 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 the like the mother of invention. Yeah. That's why because we, 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 we seem to like stress out so much because like we psych ourselves out about what we're going to be like when we become parents that were like i just can't do it but i'm like but if you make an act if an accident happens and i feel like we'll rise you'll to step the up to the challenge yeah definitely i'll step up to the challenge if if i because personally i guess my philosophy is that it's not my choice obviously if a woman gets pregnant if i get a woman pregnant i will give her my opinions and my feelings mm-hmm. but ultimately it's her body mm-hmm. if she wants to get an abortion i'm with it if she wants to have it i'm with it that's what i'm saying and are you going to be with it with it well, what do you mean? What is what is with it with, with it, it means? <laughs> with, with it, it good. <laughs> <laughs> when a child comes along, gotta be with it before it gets too wrong. Gotta raise it. That's exactly what it means. So with it. You're going to raise it. With you're the gonna, kid. You're going to raise it. In the shape. <laughs> yeah. Grown up. 18 years old. Off to college. All that. With it good. All that. <laughs> that was a damn good improv. That so was that a really know. good yes. song. Um. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to be an absentee father by by any means. Mm-hmm. I just think that also, like, I have the advantage from being a man that it's not my body that it's coming out of or my body that it's dependent on mm-hmm. that I can go places still. Right. And I've thought about this. Like, if I were to have a kid, I think I would probably not do anything for at least seven months after it's born. Mm-hmm. I would be there for the first seven to eight months. And then after that, it'd be like, well, now I got to go make some money so we can feed this damn thing. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But I also theorize that because I've, I've seen this, I've been reading about this too. That there's a lot of studies about how parents feel like they don't spend enough time with their children and people are really paranoid about it. And parents are spending more time with their children than ever before. And then still feel like it's not enough. Mm-hmm. They're obsessed about it, but they're, in a way, I think smothering their children. Yeah, smothering the kids. No, I was I was raised by you know my parents and three siblings, and my parents dropped me off at people's houses all the time to get different family members' house to get babysat. So I was literally like raised by, by a village, village. And, and I think that's honestly, the best I, best way to get. raised. And that's the biggest thing is that like we're we're we've become so isolationist in what we believe a family is that we shut everybody out. I mean, the average family doesn't know their neighbors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's I'm not like, into that. If you, I just think that if you create a community, you have good, close friends, you have neighbors, then it's like, then there's more people than you to, ch- to care for your kid, and the kid has more love, and then you can do more. Yeah, and I have friends who have who had kids when they were 16 and they made it work because in San Francisco with their community and their, all the services available, Mm -hmm. it made it possible. So if they can do it, why can't I do it when I'm 30? And it's just because you don't want to, but I, but I think I would want to, like if you told me right, if, if I found out right now that I was, there's been times where I thought I was pregnant and now if I thought I was pregnant, I would, I would keep it. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think maybe my opinion is that it comes down to you're struggling with your sense of individuality. Yeah. That you want to you want to just be Ali Wong, not Ali Wong plus one. I know. And, and that's the thing is that I would still... Who the fuck is that plus one? <laughs> you won't know until they show up. And you're like, oh no, it's you. It's you. But I would find a way. I, I'm saying, I still fantasize that I'd find a way to make it work. I think you, Ali, if, I, you're not an idiot. Yeah. You would make it work. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you're not going to like fucking put a baby there and let it have crib death. You're going you're gonna to take care of it. You're going to freaking learn how to drive and pay attention to signs and not plow into people mm-hmm. walking on the street. You're going to put your baby in a car seat. You're going to be looking after it. You're going to make sure it has, you're not going to, you're not going to be an idiot. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's time consuming. 
it's time consuming, but I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find a way. There's a lot of porn that still needs to be seen. Yeah. Before you have, true. like you'd have a kid, but there's just so much more porn that you I need know. to get through. You got to catalog it. <laughs> yes. What you're going to say. It's I, true. I can see your wheel spinning. You got something. Well, I was going to say, I'd still find a way to try to do a set at least every night if I had a kid. I think, I, th- I think I don't that's think, possible. I think that's absolutely possible. And I think that you could do, you could do that if in I Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, just not going out on the road. Yeah. And then when you get to us, when the baby gets to a certain age, blah, 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 because the other thing is, and here's the other thing, Allie. I mean, I did a lot of colleges for a while and in, a, and in some sort of way, I feel like it kind of set me back in a kind of a way because I was so gone from New York. Like I, li- I was a good, the last year and a half in New York, every comedian that I knew didn't understand that I hadn't moved. That's how little I went out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when I stopped getting booked at colleges and it just was a coincidence, no, I wasn't getting bad reviews. It just, they just stopped caring, you know, then I was able to audition more. Mm-hmm. And then from that ended up on a show. So I believe if you, because we, we go to get, we go to the work cause it's on the road and we're like, Oh, that's a paycheck. It's in my pocket. Well, also right? you just get extended time so you can practice that. 45 minutes or hour that you're preparing for your album or your well, special exactly, or whatever. And you I, just can't do that but, in Los Angeles. But what I'm saying is you being in LA and only in LA without the distraction of the road is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No, and I, and I think that you would, you would end up doing something that would be, that would probably be very good. And when you got ready to go back on the road would serve you Yeah, because then you would be more recognizable. It's true. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Loving you means being Wong. I see why now people, I mean, the ideal would be when, if, when I was pregnant, if I could do like a multi-cam job and then I'm like done at 1 p.m. And then only have those long days on Fridays, but I have like something for the baby in the trailer and then I can go out still and do like a 10 minute set. I mean, the lead of my show is pregnant. I mean, pregnant. She has a two year old. Oh. And he was there and she was on set like all, every day. Right. She had one day off. Every two months, I want to say she had like, I mean, we had every weekend off, but like she was filming every single day, every single day, Monday to Friday, 12 hours a day. Right. With a two year old who was mm-hmm. in the, and she had a nanny, mm-hmm. you know, with her. And, um, when you get on the show and if you're the lead in the show, you can negotiate having an assistant that yeah. the show provides you who obviously helped. And so she had like, a, a, you know, and then every moment that she wasn't on in the scene she was with her child. You know what I'm saying? So she, she's been doing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my, 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 my thing to you is that like, I think that obviously if you want it to be on a multicam sort of thing, then you would have to create it. Right. Well, and I, I'm also very, uh, a little bit vain and worry about what it's going to do to the body. What your baby? Yeah. Dude. I just, uh, first of all, you, you work out. I work you out have, a lot. You have to I work have, out when you're... This pussy ain't going to eat itself. Right. That's... I know. That's your closer. You got to <laughs> keep it tight. Keep it right. I don't, you know, does lifting weights do anything for your vagina? Like when you when you have like a dumbbell, your vagina's like, thanks. It does it... Yes. Overall. <laughs> it helps attract better clientele. Oh, okay. Yeah. Quality. Not to the actual vag, but to, for what comes inside... Yeah, it does a lot. <laughs> for what, Nothing for the actual badge. For, for what dreams may come yeah. into your vaginas. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I just met this woman because I've been going to the gym and I, I'm working with this trainer. And the other day, this woman showed up with her baby and she's like, hey, look at my baby. And she just had this child and she looked incredible. Mm. It's because she worked out the entire time she was pregnant. I know. And then when she had the baby, the, the weight just dropped off. Like of the breastfeeding. Like, boom, 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 boom. What breastfeeding? Yeah, it, it hormonally it does just does something where you lose oh. a ton of weight. Yeah, but I think that I, I think that you. Um, but also the exercise, like your metabolism is really sped up, mm-hmm. and then all that stuff. And I, you know, and it also comes down to like if, I guess we think about ancient tribes, like when women were pregnant, they were doing everything, right? You know, because I was just reading this thing about the whole hunter gatherer myth mm-hmm. about how you know men hunted, women gathered. It's kind of not true, right? It's a little different than that, yeah, because it was like. Everybody. Gathering is hella work. It's well, not just they like walked you like, pluck. They walked like 10 <laughs> miles a, a day with the baby strapped to them, either pregnant or with the baby breastfeeding the entire time. Right. And then also 80, 85% of the food was from gathering. Right. Hunting was a crapshoot. Yeah. And also it was both of them hunting. Mm-hmm. Women hunted when they weren't pregnant. 
And then it was like, well, I can't do all this running. We'll have this baby here. <laughs> but really, because I saw this thing, it was like about before projectile weapons. Everybody kind of, they didn't really hunt. They herded. Like the group, the tribe would surround a, like a buffalo and be like, hey, swing better, swing, swing better until the <laughs> buffalo fell off a cliff. And they're like, ha food and clothes. But everybody did that together. And women who were pregnant did that too. They're like, whoa, where you going, man? Why are you hitting yourself, buffalo? Or something like that. That's completely ridiculous. Maybe that'll be a they, joke. They took the hoof and hit the buffalo in yeah, the face. Exactly. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hoofing yourself? <laughs> Why are you hoofing yourself? <laughs> this buffalo's been hoofing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing. Um, I got nothing. I, I realized that I never... With say, it good. With, with, with it good. I realized I never say I got nothing on stage. I only say it in my actual life. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, get, I, I worry about that because there's a lot of, you know, like Asian women, so many Asian women, I've seen so many Vietnamese women, they look so like good and they have that third world body up until they have a baby and it's fine maybe after the first baby, but then after it's like three, they turn into a straight up circle. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen to you. Jade Buddha around their neck. You're not, that's not going to happen to you because you're really c- concerned about it. That's true. <laughs> you, you do everything you can not to be like someone be petting your stomach for good luck. That's true. I'm hoping I'll get, but the, the cool thing is that I'm hoping I'll get boobs out of it. You'll get boobs for a little bit, I, I think, but then I'll also get ruined from all the sucking. And I mean just your husband. <laughs> with it good. <laughs> He's got to get some nutrients too, am I right? Who's with me? Um, well, well, okay. Here's a here's a question, Allie. To the best of your knowledge, where did all this come from? It came from my dad. So, like being sick. No, no, no. He, I mean, like even before that. So, this is what you've been thinking about. Like, is this is your dad being sick kind of been the catalyst for all of this being the focus of yeah, what you come back to? Pretty much. But before that, it wasn't. No, no, hmm. because it was kind of like um, it's the first tragedy that's ever really happened for me, and. Me in my entire life where someone close to me has died or I, I mean nothing really truly bad has ever happened to me before. Right. So it's like a loss and I'll never get time with him back. You know, and I don't actually really – I don't regret um, spending a lot of time in Los Angeles like going for it. Mm-hmm. But – I think that he would have enjoyed my presence, like more of a presence from me. Hmm. Uh, and I would have, you know, if there was a way it could have worked too, like I would have enjoyed having him here with me or something Did like he, that. Does he have ideas about that? Did he have ideas about that? Does he have ideas yeah. about that? He died. Yes, I know, but did he? <laughs> Did he have ideas about that? Like this no, is stuff that he was you... a really selfless guy, and he was like, so he wanted you to be here. He wanted me to be here. He was like, you do what you want. He's but a classic father he wants his child to do well. Classic father, yeah. But of course, and I mean, I, I would, um, but I, in the same way that I tell my boyfriend, don't make me ask you to do anything that I would just want you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make me ask you to clean up, or don't make me help me clean up, and don't make me ask you to do this. Like, I shouldn't. I think about. Oh, should I have made my father like ask me to come, or should I have just come? Too again, the same way like a baby shouldn't like have to ask their mother like, "Can you feed me and not crash into that yeah, pole?" Yeah, but a baby can't talk. Pedest- pedestrian. A baby can't talk that. Right. But you could communicate with him. I could. But is this something that this? I assume you never made that known to him. No, we talked about you it did. because I said whenever you want me to come home, just ask me to come home, and I will come home. And he always enjoyed it when I come when I came home, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and it was a more. It was also more for my mom too because she's my dad was like a really picky eater, and she, he wouldn't eat. You know, we had to get him to gain weight, but he would only he stopped eating meat. He only wanted to eat like steamed rice, and it had to be warm but not hot. He would eat specifically niblets, uh, corn, but only the the green giant ones. He didn't want like any other company of corn, canned corn. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> he didn't want to eat like any bread, any wheat, any meat. So it was, was like, was he that picky before he was sick? No, he got a lot pickier okay. after he got sick. And so, you know, taking care of him was really, it was a huge job for my mom and just to be there would have given her a break and it was tolling on all my siblings too. Mm. And they were in San Francisco and they were in San Francisco. So you were the only one, only family member that was not at home. No. And where do you? Where are you in, in the um, the hierarchy of I'm age? The youngest. You're the youngest of how? Yeah. Out of how many? Four. Shite. Shite. 
So Asian. So Asian. <laughs> Literally, I don't even know if that's an Asian stereotype. Anything, <laughs> that that anything, I was the youngest out of four? No, you are was, so Asian that, that you four came children. in fourth. You could say that oh, about right. like, oh, four kids. That's really Catholic. Oh, <laughs> four kids. So Latin. You could literally say that about any culture. Yeah, every culture has children. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? You got a nose? Oh, my God. So you Asian. You must be Vietnamese. Yes. You guys in Vietnam, you guys have your Ho Chi Minh noses. So that's when I thought about it. And then also now with my boyfriend, we make travel plans and I have to cancel on him constantly because... But, Allie... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Be, be, I have to cancel on him constantly mm-hmm. for career reasons. Mm-hmm. So, And then it also came about when my dad had passed away and I got a date for The Tonight Show. Right. And it was the same day as my boyfriend's graduation from Harvard. Yes, yeah, so I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, and I was like... Uh, I mean, the joke I do about it is that I thought to myself, like, well, I could go do The Tonight Show and get some street cred, or I could go to my boyfriend's graduation from Harvard and poke a hole in the condom. <laughs> What's going to guarantee the most steady income? Mm, did is- you whisper it like that? <laughs> yeah. What is going to get me a house? What's going to get me out of Crenshaw and Pico? I think neither. <laughs> I, think, neither. I think the answer is neither. neither. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> So, but then, you know, and I chose to do, and after that whole experience with my dad, I was like, okay, this guy is my future and I love him. It would mean a lot for him to have me there. And I don't want to make him ask me to please be at my graduation. Yeah. So I'm just going to be at his graduation. Right. And you moved your tonight show. And right? I moved the date. But as you know, with late night sets, it's like, you don't know because what, what could happen and yeah. it could never happen but i was like at this point like i'm willing to take that risk because and honestly i think that i think that's the right choice um because you're right he didn't he because he loves you wants you to do what you want to do mm-hmm. but of course it would have meant a lot to him if you were there but he wasn't going to he didn't want to be selfish yeah he didn't want to be like no i want you here you know when you have a great opportunity right but you you made a judgment call and i think that i think that honestly um, the choice isn't really the 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 big deal as much as the the how you deal with the choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good choice. Either choice would have been good. I I personally think. I guess if I was going to have to pick, that you going was probably the right choice. Mm-hmm. And because obviously it meant a lot to him, and he knew that you moved a date. Yeah, you know that you moved an opportunity for him. So he's like so. Then you're establishing, hey, I can also do things for you. Remember how I'm always canceling on you? Yes. I canceled something gigantic, big, no big deal. I'll hold it against you. But I'm coming to your graduation. <laughs> and one day when we're in bed, I'm going to be like, I canceled the Tonight Show for you. Right. You got you to gotta make sure to use that in a fight. Um, I try not. I, I mean, and I, and I don't hold it against him. No, I really I don't. I know, I'm at joking. All. I'm joking. Yeah. Or am I? <laughs> Which but is going to guarantee the bigger income. This is the th- this is the thing is that I have to expect the same out of him too. Like he, I have to behave in the same way that he's behaved, which it's just called trust. Which is which is called <laughs> trust, but it's like it's, it's also tough too because you're used to everybody, you know, being like, "All right, go for it, like whatever it takes, just go for it." Like mm-hmm, I understand, mm-hmm. like you know, I don't understand your business, and he's doing a startup, and I have to have the same compassion and understanding that him and both my father had where it's like do what you need to do and mm-hmm. I trust you and you should do what you want. So if you really want to do that, I'm not going to take it personal even though it is personal that like you have to miss you know, I don't know, my birth my birthday or something, right. you know, cuz he had he had also planned to come and surprise me for my birthday but then he didn't because he had to go to some event that was really really important. Right, and, right. I mean, I I have to that's also a challenge is reciprocating that you know, respect for your career. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's a good thing in a way because he's, you said he's starting a startup, mm-hmm. he's a startup. That's a precarious industry mm-hmm. that is completely unpredictable. So really in his line of work, it's the closest thing to what you're doing. Yeah. If he, if he had like a, this most stable, predictable job in the world, then I've learned that it seems like a lot of the times when you say that you're really busy, People do not get it unless mm-hmm. they are the exact same sort of like because people I swear people would just think that I was making stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't come because I got to blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? This is real. Like, I'm not making something up. It's like unless people have the same kind of weird schedule right. as you do, then um, 
then they don't really relate to it a lot of the time. But do you ever hear comics talk about how they think it's better to be with someone who's really stable and who does have a nine to five job? I, I, I don't, I don't. Because then they I have, have the health that. insurance, they have the stability, and then like then what you can have your freedom to be wacky. That sounds great on paper. I know. Everything yang. Everything sounds good on paper. Ding dong. Yeah, I mean like the op- the opposites attract, you know, again, like this other book I'm reading, which you should read, it's called Marriage, a History. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um that's where that whole hunter gatherer thing is. And then um, she talked about the opposites of attraction. And how that is – because basically the whole point of the book is she – you know, all this debate about like what's a traditional marriage? And she's like there's no such thing. As a historian and an expert on the history of marriage, there's never been traditional marriage. It's changed in every single culture, in every different you know um, era of time. And all it does is it reveals what the priorities of that culture are mm-hmm. at that time. You know, and every culture has always had, oh, marriage was better then. Every culture, that's the only thing that they've done. But in my, my opinion, every culture, the only mistake that every culture has in, in common is that they make the mistake of projecting the present on the past, mm-hmm. thinking that everyone before them must have thought about things in the exact same way. They just didn't know any better or have the options. It's like, no, they, they were different. Right. They were different because because they didn't have a certain options. So it's like your brain was wired in a different way because of the culture that you're in. But I bring this up because um, she the whole you know she examines that, but then she also examines what it is that we um, our version of love and marriage today, where that comes from. So she tries to identify the roots and trace that because, in her opinion, we have well, in her expert opinion, we have um, the most unprecedented freedom um, with who we choose to marry, whom we choose to marry, and. Um, unprecedented freedom and, and no interference and the highest expectations on that other on that partner of any culture before also but she talks about like everything that we kind of have is either from the 50s or from victorian england because mm-hmm. victorian england is sort of when marriage for love started the idea of no you gotta you should marry someone because you love them not you know that whole sort of thing because before that, it was like, mm, we're having a war with France. I know. My daughter will marry the king of France. War over. <laughs> that was sort of what it was like. You know, That was one of the reasons that people got married. And then you had a lover outside of your marriage because that was someone that you loved, hence the name. right? Mm-hmm. But then it became like, no, that one person should be the focus of everything. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the, um, the ideas of romance that we have today, like the opposites track come out of Victorian England. And she said the, thing, the problem is that they're based on these extremes mm-hmm. of gender stereotypes, right. you know, where the man is big and strong and powerful and he can do all these things. And then the woman is virginal and she watches him and admires him from afar. Doesn't get in his way. Totally doesn't get in his way. Just I'm not going to get in your way. Just do what you got to do, right? And she's like, and that's great for lust. Mm-hmm. But she's like, but when... <laughs> You know, like, and not that everything is the best, like women don't have all the rights in the world, but like American women in specific have a lot of freedom. Yeah. And with that becomes more of a standard of equals and we're friends. Yeah. I think it used to be the doctor married the nurse and now it's two doctors get married. Right. Things have changed a lot also because just like, look at Silicon Valley. It's like, I mean, a man who's like powerful now is not some like body like Arnold with a Denzel face. Oh, it's like Mark Zuckerberg. Is that, is that a is that a lyric from some sort of <laughs> Salt like, and Pepper? Oh, bo- <laughs> yeah. body like Arnold with the Denzel face. Is that yeah. a Salt and Pepper lyric? Yeah. Why are you so Shoot. ghetto? <laughs> yeah. Why are you so ghetto? Uh, yeah. So it's like now it's like power is what what is powerful and masculine in a man too. Like for me, I think it varies from woman to woman in the context of what she individually finds powerful in that. You know, what Mm -hmm. factors into that is her career. So to me, a man who's really powerful, it used to be a man who made me laugh. That would be like the most masculine, powerful thing ever because I'm surrounded by all these funny dudes all the time. And then these motherfucking civilians have this, when they learn I'm a stand-up comic, have the worst attempt at being funny. And I want to crawl into a corner and die. And nothing is more... Effeminate. Most men well, think they're the funniest person on the planet. And then that's a threat that you're a funny woman that's actually doing it. Like, oh, I'm funny. Here's a joke I thought of. And you're like, yeah, get out of my bed. Yeah. <laughs> get, out. <laughs> get out. I am kicking you out for eating crackers. <laughs> um, and that used okay. to be the funniest thing. But now I guess I think the funniest thing, I mean, the most powerful thing to me and most masculine thing is what do I find? The things that I find in my boyfriend that he's so smart and he's so secure with himself and he constantly teaches me things 
And do you teach him things back? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's teaching. <laughs> teaching him <laughs> with that pussy. Oh, wow. Uh, my pussy wants you to write a paper. Oh. With mm, it good. Mm, with a number eight pencil. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so, yeah. So, I think things... Like oh yeah, of course all those traditions have changed, and I don't care. Yeah, but about, I just like the, think sti- that, the stability thing mm-hmm. too is like not. But that's an opposite that, to track thing, is what it is. It's like because comedians are unstable, so you're saying oh you get someone that's really stable, right? But that's that's I think, archaic. I think it's archaic. Yeah, I think that we've we've gone overboard with what we because everybody has their uh, all the ideas that we have about romance are just myths that we don't know where came where they came from, mm-hmm. but we think they're like oh that's that that's nature, right? And I just think it's mostly bullshit. Because it's obviously undone more than it's done. Right. You know, and that's why we got a 51%, you know, fucking divorce rate or whatever. Um, but it's like we are, our priorities of what we think a relationship is are fucked, <laughs> for lack of a better, for lack of a better word. But we always, we always, but what we do is, in my opinion, instead of figuring out, we try to bend ourselves to the structure. We're like, oh, it's got to look and feel like this. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't, then you're wrong right. or I'm wrong instead of being like, well, maybe, um, you know, I connect with you and maybe, maybe how everyone is doing because like if you're comparing yourself to the perfect thing, mm-hmm. then you're just bound to fail. Right. That's what I'm saying in this motherfucker. Well, actually I think that for a lot of male comics, mm-hmm. it actually does work for them to be with females who are really stable mm-hmm. in the same way that I, I think it works in the, for the wrong reasons. But I think it works for the wrong reasons too. Because they're looking for moms. Yeah, because they're, they're looking, for, looking moms. for moms. And that's they're not looking, right. And by moms, I mean health insurance. Yeah. Just to get to, <laughs> no, come on. It's like, it's like seriously, because it's like a benefit, you're, you're kind of marrying like a benefits package. And yeah, like a mom. And in the same way that a lot of uh, military dudes and strippers, and I'm getting, like that's a true statistic like that's very common for a lot of military dudes to marry strippers because they meet them when they're out in the town and then the strippers provide you know it's boobs in the face mommy 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 and then like the strippers are like benny benny benefits and it's a great symbiotic relationship from for the stable woman but it's outside in instead of inside out right it's like you you get the stuff on paper because i have this new my theory is um and let me know what you think about this Mm -hmm. (laughs) alawan Laugh is completely inconsequential. Um, every I feel like relationships are doomed to fail for one of two reasons. Number one, um, so there's two lists, right? That's my theory. We have a list, and one one list is just one question. And is it do I love this person? Do I like? Do I love this person? And then the other list is shit that you don't even know is important to you. Some of it you do, some of it you don't. That changes. Over about time. the other person, it just about like just things that you want from a person, mm-hmm. not necess- not specific to that person, but right. that's the, on paper. Right. You know what I mean? Do they have a job? Do they have a car? Are they you know? And it's big stuff like do they believe in God? And it's small stuff like do they leave the seat up or down? Right. You know? Do they they but they throw their socks in the middle of the floor? Stuff like that. That and a lot of stuff that you don't know is important to you until you're faced with it. Like his underwear is always in the sink, and then you realize that that's something you don't like, mm-hmm. right? But her that, hair is everywhere. Baron loves everywhere. that. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, I just bought a new vacuum cleaner that has a pet claw on it. So it's taken- is it the same one that I saw, or did yeah. you buy another vacuum? No, 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 cleaner? no. It's the, oh. Wait, wait. Which one? You mean the small one, the Dirt Devil? I've seen the small one, and, oh, I, and then I've I seen the one that's a monster. Oh yeah, that's yeah the basically monster. Basically, like a, a transformer. Yeah, yeah. With a I can with vacuum. a bagless feature. I can vacuum, and then it transforms into a plane, and I can go solve crimes. Yeah, it looks like Shia LaBeouf's friend. I'm like, and then it's like, and then I'm out. Um, but yeah, that has a pet claw, so I can get all the hair with it. But my point is, my back to my back to my previous thing. <laughs> um, and I think that um, it, it's doomed to failure when you forget one for the other. Like if you if, if you forget the list because mm-hmm. you really like this person, right? Or if they're really great on paper, but there's no chemist, there's nothing there. Yeah. So it's like if you're like, oh, well, they got the job and they live in this neighborhood and they know so and so and such and such. I don't really feel anything, but they're going to take care of me. <laughs> Doomed for failure. Or I love this person. Sure, they shoot heroin into their eyes and really like Jersey Shore, but I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Heroin in the eyes and liking Jersey Shore, obviously the same thing to me. The, but that second one sounds better because at it's, least there's chemistry. But yeah, but it's doomed. It's, it's doomed. still doomed. Because you're, because you're, you know, like, because I think that liking someone 
really, first of all, we're built to like people. We're just built to like people. That's the easiest thing in the world. It's like it's like if you decided to um, uh, love someone because you because you can breathe. It's like of course you can breathe. That's what you do. So liking somebody is really more inconsequential, I guess. It's the easiest thing in the world. So. Yeah, but I think people can't withstand being in a relationship where there's no chemistry for more than. No, I'm saying you got to you got to find something that's both. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got to like the person. I, you got to be picky. Well, that's here's my, my question. My, what's my, what's important to you in terms of how a woman like how your partner is about your career have you hand like have you come across yes conflicts yes i have because you know i you know because obviously the comedians believe michelle buteau said once all i can't date i don't date people that have headshots right (laughs) that's her philosophy of Mm -hmm. i can't date another comedian or another actor right you know she's got to be the one who's insane right as opposed to the other person. And I think that, um, and John F. O'Donnell said something to me that I really, really loved once, which was, he's like, a lot of comedians are like, oh, I don't date other comedians. I just can't. And he's like, to me, that's them saying, if this doesn't work out, I'm really not going to be mature in any sort of a way. Because if you date a comedian, you need to realize you're going to see that fucking person. Right. All the time. It doesn't matter if it, if it ended well or if it ended shitty. You're going to see that person. So deal with your shit. You got to, you know, talk to them like they're human beings at some point, whether you like it or not. And um, so I've dated comedians and I've dated non-comedians and I've had horror stories and successes on both sides. So it's like it neither makes sense. No, it's just about the person. It's about the person. Like I've had, I've dated a non-comedian that it was a disaster because she said, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. Oh, yeah. Then that's and more she, of a problem. That's not about, it wasn't her, about me. her being not a non-comic or whatever. It's just about you, you can't date someone who's not doing not doesn't know what they're doing with their right. life. And she, kind of, she resented it's, me. It's very difficult. Right. And then I've dated comedians that like compare themselves to me. And that's completely you can't do that. And that's about the person. It's both exactly. But is that in, but is that inevitable when you're dating another comic? No. Because have you been in a position where you're the le- less successful one? Yeah. And you didn't compare yourself to the other person? No. Well, that's good. See, and that's almost in a way it's like if I date a comedian, she has to be more established than me <laughs> because then I won't because then you won't be confronted with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because she's not going to compare. Like, I'm not going to compare myself to her. Right. It's like having a roommate where where you're the more messy one. Exactly. It's, it's much safer. Exactly. I'm the more messy one, so I'm going to keep up my game and like not be as messy. Right. So like, and oh, her hair clean. won't fall out her head. Just it's not her fault. She just has genetics that do that sometimes, exactly. Baron. Well, older women wear hairnets more so. So <laughs> that's that's why I like that. Um, but it's like, um, you know, that's the thing. It's like if I if she's older than me or, you know, if she's more experienced than I am, then I'm not going to compare myself to her. And then also if we're, we're completely different levels, then it's like there's no comparison. You know what I right. mean? And, and that's the thing is that comedy is unfortunately lots of crapshoots over and over. Crapshoot. It's a crapshoot of how many times I've been saying the phrase crapshoot. But it's like there's no one linear path to stand up. No, so it's like I actually feel like there's two schools of comics mm-hmm. and thinking that there truly are people who think to themselves, uh, "It's me against everybody else," mm-hmm. and there's only there's a, there's one big pie and there's only a few slots. Yeah, or there's people who are like, there really is room for everybody. And there's no one who can compare to me. So I don't need to compare myself with other people. And some people will say that they think in the second way, but they don't really think that way. Right. Well, I do. (laughs) Yeah. Because the thing is that like, I think... Well, that's why you're able to exist in those relationships where other people are more successful. Well, because... But that's very hard for people who aren't as successful. And I think that's why a lot of comics, and it affects their career because they see themselves as the other person's... They just well, are in their shadow. I think it's. I think it has to do with comparing yourself to an industry standard, because obviously they can't tell us apart. Right. So I'm a black comic. He's a black comic. To them, we're the same. Yeah. Even though they've never seen either of us do stand up, right. we have completely different acts. We're different heights. We have different backgrounds. We're different ages. And to me, like if I'm dating a comedian that's more established, first of all, she's a woman. Right. I'm not going out for the same roles that yeah. a woman is going out for. Right. You know. And. Um, I was maybe if I was a gay black comic dating another gay black comic, yeah, I would, I dating would, like a gay because Jordan Carlos because because the industry yeah dating a gay if I was a gay Baron Vaughn dating a gay Jordan Carlos because the industry will see us as exactly the same right because basically in a way if you're not a straight white male you're a niche 
you're that black comic or you're that woman comic or you're that black woman comic or you're that gay comic or that gay black woman comic or you're that gay black Muslim woman comic. It's like a very specific thing and they try to put you in that box. And if you're very sensitive to the box, then you're going to be boxed in, brother. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, because to me, I feel like I, I only have to, I, I can only, uh, it's only to my advantage for my friends to be successful. Mm-hmm. especially if I'm good to them because it's like if I get an opportunity and I can help out someone that I like, I will. Right. And I would assume that my friends would do the same for me. And it's like you and me, we're completely different. I, we would never go out for the same thing unless it's somebody who's really doesn't know what they're looking mm-hmm. for. <laughs> Just bring in um, any specific bring, ethnicity. Bring all, in a chin. All ethnicities, with- <laughs> all genders. Just as long as they have a chin and nose and they can improvise a song on Whip It, but with different words right away. Do you know anyone like that? Um, Whip it good. Um, And if you fart, then you rip it. Come on, I'm done. I don't know, I'm classic. Why did I just go on to Groucho Marx voice? Um, Anyway, what the hell were we talking about? We're talking about how uh, with... There's people who, uh, there are two schools of people who oh, think right. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's the problem is, is when you, well, I think being in a relationship with anybody who is like, it's me against everybody else would it's, be difficult. Yeah, exactly. So that's what the issue is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and the thing is that like me against the world, if you have that philosophy, you're less likely to do any personal work on yourself. <laughs> you're, right. you're less likely to be like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. It's like, nah, it was them. Yeah. This relationship went wrong because you are an awful person. I am God, obviously. And here's the thing with, like, because I've dated uh, another comic before, too. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's hard about, like, the whole career versus personal life that we came across was, like, well, actually, he was really good about it. But um, it's like, you, hey, dude, like, you need to remember to, like, take me out on dates. <laughs> like, I'm a woman. I'm not just, like, you can't give me a Dutch oven for my birthday. You wow! Know? Yeah, <laughs> Dutch ovens are great though because they heat the food from both the prop. Oh, you mean farts? <laughs> I feel bad for the Dutch oven because it's a great invention. But <laughs> if you hear it, you just invention. think farting in someone's face I know, under covers. It's terrible. What's that? One minute. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, but he was he was actually really great about it. But I think that would be that's another issue with dating. Someone a comedian in the same genre. I mean, because... and honestly, I, I when I dated when I've dated comics, it's, I go out of my way to not to do things that are non-comedy related. Yeah, please. And like, like, I know I'm one of the dudes, but I'm not. Yeah, let's I'm like, let's go somewhere that has nothing to do with the show. Yeah, that has to do with us being human beings. Let's go see a movie. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to a fucking park. Let's take a trip or some shit. Yeah, you got to do that stuff. And you know what? It's interesting because it's Take like, me taking me with you on your road gig to Arlington is not a road trip. Boom. It is not a date. But you have to because you're not available you're to not me available. from eight p.m. to midnight. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I don't understand. Uh, well, I guess I've never mind that thought. But activities, as dumb as it sounds and as simple as it sounds, are the key to keeping a relationship going. I don't, people get into a relationship and then they like, especially men, and I know men do this. They're like, great. It's like, like you're, ah, I put you on the shelf. That's where you are. I won you. Yeah. Um, I can walk by it, look at it, polish it off every now and then. Yeah. But it's like, no, you got to take the trophy out <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And bring it with you. You got to show it off. You know, to shape Panisse. Yeah. To shape Panisse. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, just like, it's like people get comfortable and then they get complacent and then there's no growth. It's a stunted growth, like you plateau. Right. But the thing about doing an activity, obviously, is you, you're, stim- you're both stimulated and then you both discuss things and you find out things that you didn't know that you like and things that you know that you, that you, know that you now don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but in your career, when you're like gunning for it, you plan an activity and it gets canceled because you're with someone else who's gunning for their career too. And I mean, that's the situation. My, my, you know, my boyfriend and I do our best to make it work. But when I was in San Francisco, I was like, okay – we're going to go to the Outside Lands Festival where I'm also working. <laughs> right, right. And I'm performing, but we're going to have a whole day of this like free music festival, and that counts, right? And it did. Something like that does count. But mm-hmm. him coming with me to, um, you know, like Boston, that's a bit of a stretch, you know? Not for necessarily. A weekend. I mean, not necessarily, but like, I'm tr- still trying I'm s- to like find ways to well, make you gotta this do, work. But you also have to do things outside of 
all those. Then that's the other thing is that like like me like people like you and my I a vacation has never been a part of my life. Yeah, like I've, a true vacation. I've never just gone somewhere to go there hmm. in my entire life until this year. Yeah, I went to Hawaii for a couple of days, oh, and I was great. like, "Oh, I get what people are." Because we, I didn't have enough. We didn't have money to go on a family vacation when I was a kid. When I was in, you know, college and high school, then I was like working my butt off. I didn't have enough money to go places. I went to London my second semester of junior year because that was already paid for. Mm-hmm. Everyone went everyone else, everywhere else. We had a week spring break. I stayed in London. Because I didn't have enough money to go anywhere. I didn't even have enough money to take the tube. I walked everywhere. Mm. And everyone was like, I'm going to Spain and Italy. I'm like, great. Take some pictures. Not really. I hate pictures. But <laughs> but um, I didn't do anything. So it's like. You're I, like Harry Potter. No, no. It's not like. Yeah, I'm like Harry Potter. I gotta, just... just my scars in a very different place. You know what I'm saying? That's my magic wand. Um, but uh, I'm just saying that like. Going somewhere to go somewhere is 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 hard when you're in this line of work, especially because I've traveled so much that I now see travel as a nuisance. I never see it as like, great, I'm going somewhere. Right. It's like, oh, this is the 23rd city I've been in this year. Yeah, which I just got back from Salt Lake, and it was like the 22nd city, out of, you know, out of the four countries I've been to. Actually, it's probably been 30 cities in four countries this year so far. <laughs> but like, it's like exhausting. Then I don't see planes as cute i see them as like oh is this the one is, yeah. this, is this the one that's gonna go down mm-hmm. or whatever but um i feel so, the exact same way but yes yeah, so that's but, no but fun for the person you're in a relationship in but you have with. to find those because especially because it's like they're like let's go out somewhere i'm like i've been out all day yeah i want to stay in now mm-hmm. um but you gotta you or gotta like do at it. night too where you're just like it's a luxury for me to stay home exactly can we not get into any sort of moving vehicle exactly please i don't want to see other people I don't want to see. See, but that's worse for the woman you're with, and that's great for my boyfriend because I'm like, I just want to stay home and watch Friday Night Lights, and no. I want to cook. I want to cook my own meal. I don't want to eat chicken fingers. Right, right. But it's but I'm saying all I'm saying is it's a balance. It's a balance. Is that you have to outside of that also schedule in extracurricular activities. Yeah, you it's do. like you're traveling all the time, but now we're gonna take a week where I'm not gonna book gigs. I'm not gonna blah blah blah. And like, let's see, three months from now, I'm free from this date to this date. Let's plan something that week. I'm not going to do shit. And the key I've learned is not scheduling shit before also. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to get on a plane to somewhere for a week, you don't want to get off a plane three days before you're about to get on that other plane. Right. So then you have to just buffer around that shit that like, this is the time that we're going to do this. And then then it's kind of awesome because then you have something to look forward to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Ali Wong, I want to have a a kind of a final thought from you. And I'll, I'll tell you like in, in, in on theme of what we've been talking about today, what, what is your personal challenge to yourself? What is my personal? I guess my life philosophy is like, if I'm the same person at the end of the year than I was at the beginning of the year, then I have wasted that year. Oh, right. But on theme as to you're talking about career and family and balancing that stuff out. What is it that you think that you can do better or different that you're going to try to change in the next couple of months? If you can issue a personal challenge to yourself. I think I can try to acknowledge and be aware of what people in my personal life have done for me to uh, further my goals and i think i can reciprocate that um by acknowledging that and returning the favor in a form that they would appreciate and it would be meaningful to them so to sum up appreciate motherfuckers appreciate motherfuckers why you so and be ghetto. with it <laughs> and be with it <laughs> every callback from the entire day yeah okay well thanks Allie. thanks